The Church of Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut welcomes you to this broadcast of Shi'ar Jashub, a Bible study program featuring the teaching ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will be continuing the series on Heavenly Authority. In our current sermon, my husband is examining the Lord's rebuke against the high priest Eli in 2 Samuel chapter 2. When we left off last time, he had read from the prophecy of the man of God in verse 27. So let's rejoin Pastor Greg. A clear, reasonable, untwisted interpretation of that scripture is speaking about Aaron. And so here we're speaking about the entire priesthood, not just one part of the lineage coming out of Ithama. And you'll see why that's important as we go later on. Verse 28, did I not choose him out of all the tribes of Israel, Aaron, to be my priest, to offer upon my altar, to burn incense, and to wear an ephod before me? And did I not give to the house of your father all the offerings of the children of Israel made by fire? So God appointed, right? He's the one that came up with the system. He appointed this priestly authority from Aaron. And we know that. We studied it. Because he says, did I not choose? And God provided for them then. Did I not give, he says. And the priests received their provisions from the offerings of the children of Israel. But we saw how Eli's sons treated the offering with contempt. They stole more than their share. They saw the priesthood as only a livelihood to benefit themselves. They were even stealing from God. They took by force. They despised the offering. They engaged in immorality. And they did not know, nor did they desire to know the Lord. And the scripture says, quote, they were corrupt. And so what does God say through this man of God, through this prophecy? Verse 29, why, he says to Eli, do you kick my sacrifice and my offering, which I have commanded in my dwelling place? Why have you kicked at my sacrifice? That word there literally means to trample, to trample down. Why do you kick out my sacrifice? Why do you trample down my sacrifice? And remember last time we read in Hebrews 10.29 about those whose punishment would be great who trampled the Son of God underfoot. Figuratively speaking, when you say trample to kick, it means to despise, to scorn. Why do you despise and scorn my offerings, my sacrifices? Now, has Eli kicked or trampled or scorned the sacrifices? As far as we know, he's been obedient. Eli's been a respectful servant all these years. This old man has labored at the tabernacle. How has he kicked? Well, he tells him how. The end of verse 29. And honor your sons more than me to make yourselves fat with the best of all the offerings of Israel my people. You honor your sons more than me. We saw this last time, right? Because he allowed them to do it, he let them get away with it, it's as though he's doing it himself. Because they kick at the offering, at the sacrifice, they trample it, and Eli is in the position of chief authority. Because he loves his sons, and he only gives them a gentle reproof, 
and he looks the other way, he was in complicity. And so to God, it's as though Eli himself is kicking or trampling at these sacrifices because he honors his sons more than God. And we spoke about that last time. You cannot love father, mother, wife, children more than the Lord. If you don't love him first, you don't love them enough. Because only by loving him first is there hope of ourselves and everyone around us being changed and being in a right relationship with God. God must be first. If we allow them to go off and we turn the other way and we don't tell the truth because we care so much about them, here Eli did that and he actually hurt his sons by only giving them a gentle reproof. You make yourselves fat with the best of all the offerings of Israel, the Lord says. His family is corporately becoming enriched by his son's corruptions. And now we'll see how his family, even his descendants, will be corporately punished for that corruption. And it's all coming down on Eli because he's the one that's the high priest. He's the one in the position of responsibility. He should have removed his sons. If only he had removed his sons. Verse 30, therefore the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house, now notice, your house, Eli's house, the people coming from Eli, and the house of your father. Who is he speaking about there? I believe he's speaking about Aaron. Would walk before me forever. Now where did God say that? Well, in Exodus chapter 28 and verse 43, when Moses puts the garments on the high priest, the holiness of the Lord, the turban, the tunics, it says they shall be on Aaron and on his sons when they come into the tabernacle of meeting or when they come near the altar to minister in the holy place, that they do not incur iniquity and die. It shall be a statute forever to him and to his descendants after him. It's going to be a forever statute. And then it says in Exodus 29, verse 9, and you shall gird them with sashes, Aaron and his sons, and put the hats on them. The priesthood shall be theirs for a perpetual statute. So you shall consecrate Aaron and his sons. It was supposed to be a perpetual giving to them of this priesthood, to Aaron and Eleazar and Ithamar and their children. And that's why he says here in 1 Samuel 2.30, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. Walk before me forever. This organization of the priesthood, this lineage, this institution. But now the Lord says, the middle of verse 30, but now the Lord says, far be it from me. It was supposed to last. Eli's house should have lasted. And Aaron was given the promise to him and his sons of this perpetual priesthood. But now the Lord says, far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed or shall be disdained, will be disdained. There's a good verse for memory, that section where it says, those who honor me, I will honor. God gives the institution, God gives the promises, he gives the position, but 
in the end, he's not going to allow those who despise him to have this position. Even though there's a promise, they receive that promise as they stand in him. But if they despise him, if they reject him, then he rejects them. He says, for those who honor me, I will honor. Those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed, shall be disdained. This is really a verdict, a judgment on Eli, but not just Eli, on the whole Levitical priesthood. Because from Aaron, and we talked about Aaron's nature, from Aaron to Eli, there's been problems. There was problems with the first two sons of Aaron, there was problems with Aaron, and there are problems with the whole system. God has put them into authority, but here's the point. God cannot be mocked. God cannot be despised by his own servants. He has no obligation to insincerity because when they do such, when you have people like Hophni and Phinehas who are in a position of authority because of a blessing of God, a promise of God, and yet they hate God and they despise him and they go against him, they knock out the very floorboards. They crush the very platform on which they stand. And so those promises no longer apply to them because God will honor those that honor him. He has no obligation to such. He is not tied into or bound to those who mock him. God cannot be mocked. And so even if it's a legitimate position of authority established by God, they can't trample on the Lord who put them there because far be it from me, he says, to allow this. Far be it from me to allow it. They could have walked before him forever. And now because of human sin, we see the temporary nature of this legal priesthood. The failure of this lineal organizational priesthood, of the institution of the organization. And it's true of Eli's family, but actually it's true of the whole ironical, A-A-R-O-N-I-C-A-L, ironical Levitical system. The sin that comes in makes it temporary rather than permanent. Verse 31, the judgment. Behold, the days are coming. We read that many times in the New Testament, right? Behold, the days are coming that I will cut off your arm, or your strength, that's the house of Eli, and the arm of your father's house. Well, we know from what we read before, that's the house of Aaron so that there will not be an old man in your house. And Eli's house is not even going to be an old man. There's a curse upon Eli's house that his descendants won't even reach an old age. Verse 32, And you will see an enemy in my dwelling place, despite all the good which God does for Israel. And there shall not be an old man in your house forever. God is no respecter of men. Even his own sanctuary is going to suffer. He's not going to let the sin go on, the sons of Eli sleeping with the women who come to the temple door, and not even bring punishment upon his own sanctuary. You'll see the enemy even in my dwelling place, and there'll be no old man in Eli's house forever. Verse 33, But any of your men whom I do not cut off from my altar shall consume your eyes and grieve your heart. Those that live, 
They're going to consume your eyes and grieve your heart. You'd be sad to see what happens to them. And all the descendants of your house shall die in the flower of their age. A tragic pronouncement to Eli. Because why? He was an old man. He had many years that he could have rebuked his sons. In all those years, he did not. And now no one in his house, his own house, will ever even reach that age because of the tragedy of the sin of Hophni and Phinehas. And you think about the tragedy that befell Eli's house. Even after the deaths of Hophni and Phinehas, which we're not going to see today, we saw, we touched on it several times back, that at the time of David, Eli's descendants, after the fall of Shiloh, cared for the tabernacle by David's time over at Nob. And Eli's son, Phinehas, Phinehas's son, Ahitub, son, Ahimelech, so it would be Eli's great-grandson, right? Phinehas, the father of Ahitub, Ahitub, the father of Ahimelech. Ahimelech is the one who is at Nob, who when David is fleeing from Saul, Ahimelech is the one that gives the holy bread to David and his men. We value your comments. All correspondence should be mailed to Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. Also, let me invite you to our Sunday service. Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle meets at 10 a.m. at the Madison Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Please join us next time for Shi'ar Jeshub.